Hello. Hello. And Rude. who may I be? Who may I be speaking? Um, David. David, who? David, that blue jeans guy. Oh. Do I know you? If you want to be on on Pride Forty Eight tonight, you better. Okay. <laughs> I'm just saying. How do I sound? Do I sound like I'm on the phone? Yeah, you do. Oh. That's not good. Well, you know. Oh, well, we'll see. Yeah. If it sucks to ask, then you can just take over and I'll hang up. <laughs> Well, you know it's going to suck, so. Oh. Yeah. All right, so we've got about Thanks one minute until. Thanks for your positivity. Oh, you're welcome. Anytime. Mm. Thanks right, for so. your positivity. So I got Skype recorder recording this part of it, and then of course, I think that we'll actually get the archive recording as well. So um, I'll send you this recording, and and you can decide which one you want. Are you? Um, you can decide which one you want to use. Okay. Yeah. So all right, and Henry is deciding he wants attention. He, you what? Henry, my cat, is deciding that. That he needs to quit talking to whoever this unseen person is and start talking to him. Oh. In other words, I have bossy well, pussy. All right, so um, Dan's already busting your bosses. Is Tom ever on time for his own show? So I better start broadcasting here. All right, so are you going <laughs> to... Huh? Go ahead. All right. Tell me. Oh, I'm also... Oh. Also, yep. I, I'm not going to be able to see the chat room, so you're going to have to moderate if you can. Okay, yeah. Uh, I, sounds are, like we are, were both hit, on the stream there. Hey, everybody. Can you hear us? Can you hear us? Hello? Can you hear us? Hello? Can you hear us? Hello? Bates Bar and Grill, can you help us? Okay. Does they type anything? Yeah, Crohn's saying echo. I'm not sure what to do with that. Um, oh. maybe try. Well, let me, I, I, I had the headset on, so maybe that was doing it. I don't know. Okay. Uh, Crone, do you still hear an echo? Cause we're trying something different because I am not, um, I'm not in Indiana. And so David has called me on my cellular device and, uh, we are trying that. So maybe it's the phone call that's falling on the cell phone. It's. Okay, let me try that again because I, I was I was getting output through my speaker, so maybe I think I maybe still oh, hear myself echo. You. Hey. It was kind of hey, 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 hey. It was your hey. fault. Hey. Unprofessional. That's all I'm saying. Unprofessional. Right, well, we may just have to live with the echo because I I'm not sure what to do to fix that. And it's strange for once his is echoing and mine isn't. Um, cause I know if I, well, okay, let me, 
I'm going to try this. Let, let us know if you can hear both of us. Okay. So try now. Can you hear me? Hello. Oh. No, go ahead. Go ahead and start Jesse. talking, Tom. So let us know if you can Hello? hear both of us right now. We're both talking. So Hi. He says yes. Okay. Hi. Is that yes to both of us? Hi. David Noeko, <laughs> can you hear Tom? Okay. Hello. No Tom. Hello. All right. Well, that's that's the problem. We're going to have to I stopped hijacking the the I stopped hijacking Skype and um okay. Yeah, see when I started I, I Yeah, they said that you can just hear you. Okay. That's what let me try Roger this. I want to put it, okay. Well, if you want uh, I can turn me, on Skype. I can turn on Skype and on my phone and we can try that. Maybe it'll be better. Uh, I, think, I think it's more like okay. So, it says you hear Tom now. Do you hear both of us still? Let me know if you can hear both of us. Uh, oh, now okay. Now they're saying they can. Roger said he hears us both. Okay, so Roger says he hears us both. Does he hear echoing? Uh, so Roger, do you hear seconds. echoing? <laughs> by the way, oh Roger. Hashtag oh, all Roger. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Hashtag, oh, right. So, so he says, no, there's no echo. So, all right. So, okay. Um, well, uh, I'm going to turn this over to Tom here since this is his show, but, um, let him explain what's going on here. So take it away, Tom. Okay. Okay. Well, Hey everybody, this is Tom, a.k.a. The Ramble Radio. We are live and we're fashionably late, but as usual. And thanks for the love and kisses. I can, I can feel the love in the chat room, even though I can't see it. <laughs> but anyway, I wanted to, um, to tell you um, that this week, the, the reason why we're doing this is because, as I said, is in case you didn't hear, um, I had to travel for work, and I am in the lovely state of Pennsylvania, and a couple of years ago, I had to come out here. But what happened was uh, one of my colleagues um, a few weeks ago got the caput. And so my boss thought, gee, who could I pick on to go out and uh, leave his home for a week and uh, make him go to some unknown place and do his job there with uh, not much preparation? They said me. So, um, so my boss asked me if I'd go, and so I was making frantically a lot of phone calls, trying to make appointments for this lovely state, and uh, so I did make some, which is good. And I just want to tell you that uh, on Sunday, which sucked because um, I had to cut my weekend short, because as you know, I always spend all my weekends, or most of the weekends, with the one, the only, Mr. Rogers. So hashtag all Rogers. So David, while you're on the line with me, you have to say all Roger live on the show instead of typing it in the chat room. So go ahead, David. Hashtag Roger. Hashtag all. There you go. Hashtag all Roger. So hi, Roger. And uh, and hopefully in the people in the chat room, it's mandatory that you have to type that. So you have to type hashtag all Roger, and then David will let me know if, if you did your homework. And so... Um, well, this weekend was filled with good, and it was also filled with some sad because um, I got to spend some time with the, my wonderful Roger, and, uh, Aww, and it was Roger. really great. Oh, Roger. And uh, so I got to spend some time with him, and uh, the thing is that since I was going to be um, 
uh, going to um, on the trip that what he did is normally I go to his place, but he came over to mine on Friday night, and we uh, had dinner, and we watched some shows that we love, like Scandal, the new season starting Scandal, so hashtag love Scandal. And, and uh, so we've been watching that, and, uh, and then Saturday morning I had to take a friend of mine to uh, the airport, so that's why I didn't stay at his place because I had to get up early to take my friend to the uh, aerial Puerto for a trip that he was going on. And then I got to see Roger on Saturday. And then the sad part of it was I also had to go to a memorial service for a co-worker's um, wife. She had unfortunately had passed away uh, from uh, having a battle with uh, breast cancer. So it, it was it was really tough because um, – my friend, and I used to work with him at a, a two jobs ago, and uh, and we've been really good friends. And um, and unfortunately, he moved to Lafayette, which is like two and a half hours away from me. So unfortunately, I don't get to see him as much. But when I found out that he was coming up because they're having a memorial service, I I went to go see him, and and it was just really hard because he saw me and he waved and he kind of had this uh, you know relief look on his face. And then as I got closer after he was talking to someone. He just looked at me and he goes, Tom, and it, he just broke down. And it was just so sad to to see that. And I, you know, I gave him a big hug and, you know, and I got choked up too. And it just, it was just really hard because he and his wife have been married for, you know, a very long time. And it was a very long, tough battle. And, uh, but I, I was really happy that I was there for him and, uh, and he really appreciated it as well. And, and so I got to spend some time with him and then, um, the rest of the day I got to spend, you know, with Roger again. And then, uh, then what happened is the lovely Sunday came up and I, I had made the mistake of booking my flight and it was early, but looking back at it now, I'm really happy that I did because I had a, oh my God, it's early flight to Pittsburgh. And, and if you've heard the news, um, I'm so glad that it didn't book it through Chicago because Steve, did you hear about what happened with Chicago? Did you hear about that? Yeah, um, I, I don't remember all the details. Another guy basically set, tried to set the, the airport on fire. Yes, he was. Now, David, let me ask you this question. If you work for that kind of job, and let's say that your employer says, well, David, uh, we decided that uh, uh, we want to send you to another destination, and we, and we want to send you to Hawaii. Now, David, if, if your boss told you today that they were going to send you to Hawaii to work, what would you say? Um, when do I get on the next plane? Exactly. See, most people who have any ounce of sanity, and especially if you live in the Midwest where we have that evil, evil thing called snow and winter and the ice and crap like that, especially the last winter we had, and I've been to Hawaii, and I have to tell you, folks, that it is an amazing place. Well, this guy at, you know, at the airport was not too thrilled with this, and so he had decided to uh, set the place on fire, which it caused major uh, uproar in all, because just like you people don't know, is that O'Hare is like the second largest airport in the country. And uh, so it caused massive amounts of delays and cancellations. And so if my, my flight had been to Chicago, because my boss initially wanted me to go to Chicago, 
more likely I would not have been going. I would have been stuck at the airport. So I I booked the local flight, which I went from South Bend to Detroit, and then Detroit to um, Harrisburg. And David, did you know that um, that they actually have a flight from Saginaw to to Detroit, or Detroit to Saginaw? I didn't know that they went like yeah. that. So did you know that? Did you know that? I knew that. Yeah. Well, why did you take that? Huh? 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 Why did you take it? Huh? huh? Why would huh? I anyway, take a flight um, from Saginaw to Detroit when I can drive there in two hours? I know, same difference. But well, it's the same but, thing with me in Chicago. You know, it's an hour and a half away from me. But sometimes you have to take a flight from South Bend to Chicago yeah, and then Chicago. It's also to what wherever. I don't even know what the pricing is on. I have to see. Probably a couple hundred dollars more. I'm so, sure. Quit your bitching, okay? Okay, quit your bitching. So that's David. why, David. God, you're so negative. God, you're so negative, David. I'm just telling hey, you right hey, now. So anyway, I, so I am this, playing the part hey. of it's all about Dan tonight. Okay, I'm just oh, saying. Oh, okay. You're just saying. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, well then, do I get to be Ed and Mark to uh, to your to you being Dan? You already are. Oh, okay. So, uh, well, anyway, love you, Dan. And uh, arguing with anyway, yourself. I am. Mm-hmm. Okay. So anyway, this guy went wackadoo and he set fire, and then he also tried to kill himself, David. I don't know if you heard about, but he is trying to uh, cut his throat, and uh, I guess the authorities got him and. Um, and so they rushed him to the hospital, and now he's getting medical care, probably, and he'll be going to prison forever. So, yay! So, so that was mad. It's crazy. Then on Sunday morning, my dear friend Navy Doug, who's been on the program before, he he picked me up at the um, at my house and took me to the aerial puerto. And then I get there, and David, you know, when you check into the airport, you gotta go to your Pacific you know, carrier, and then you put in your little credit card, and it goes, whoop, and it comes up all this information, and then you charge outrageous fees for your luggage. And and then as I'm doing all this, I see this friend of mine that I hadn't seen for a while, and he's on the same flight to go to Detroit, and then he's going to Montreal, which I thought was cool for work. And so I get to see him, and I said, oh, wow, we'll be able to chat. So it was cool to chat with him. And then I walk out, jumping to the gate, and you see the airplane that we're going to be on, and there's nobody around it. There's nobody doing anything. So I'm like, wow, it's here. Everything is good. We've got a bunch of people. It's getting close to the time. They said, okay, we're going to start boarding. They get us on the plane, and we move a foot, and then guess what happens, David? Guess what happened? Can you guess what happened, David? Can you guess what happened? You're supposed to guess. A bright pink bunny came flying out of the sky and bit you on the neck. Nope. Okay. That is I don't incorrect. know then. David, David, David. People, what am I going to do about David? Okay, anyway, so... so Love me a lot because I'm, I'm the one getting your show through right now. I know, and I love you for it. Okay? Thank you. I love you, David. Yeah, you're using I my pipe you. to get <laughs> onto the stream. I'm sorry? Yeah, so yeah, you're using my pipe, which is a word, a phrase I never thought I would actually uh, use. Oh my God, David, your pipe is so big. <laughs> okay, never mind. Uh, Roger. No. Okay. Anyway. Anyway. You so, need to make sure Roger. you give Hi, this Roger. guy some some rip roaring sex when he comes home. Is all I gotta say. He's obviously horny. <laughs> okay. Um, well, I am, and I miss Roger. In fact, I send, I'll tell you about that later. But anyway, so um, so we get on the plane, we move a whopping foot, and then all of a sudden, this lady comes up and she goes, um, I'm sorry, just like you know, about, uh, we got maintenance problems, and uh, we have to get that fixed 
And then they kept saying this over and over again. They kept saying, you know, we're trying to make sure the plane is safe so you'll arrive to your destination safely. And they kept saying that over and over again. So it's, it's excusable for them to treat their customers like shit by, by putting out airplanes that are been sitting there for hours and then decide, oh, we're going to work on the plane when the people are in it instead of making them wait in the airport. So we're sitting there and waiting and waiting. And then they're like, oh, it's just going to be 15 minutes. Then 15 minutes turned to 30 minutes, then turned to 45 minutes, and then turned to an hour. And then the other thing, folks, is that I only had an hour uh, layover at Detroit for my flight to Harrisburg. And then all the people around me are like, oh, my God, we're not going to make our flight. We're not going to make our connection. Oh, my God, we're not going to make our connection. And then I'm just sitting there. And see, Rod, I have to give some shout-out to Roger because since I've known Roger, um, and it's been uh, over 10 months, soon it'll be 11 and then 12. Yay! And it's one of the things that Roger has helped me is he's like, you know, you gotta, you got to relax. you got to calm down. You can't let the things that you cannot control get you. Right, David? You don't, you can't let the things that are on beyond your control, you cannot let them get you. Is that right, David? Exactly. Exactly. So Roger's been helping me with that, and he's like, you got to relax, you got to take a deep breath, you got to count to 10. And so I'm sitting there in the seat, and I'm like, you know, I'm thinking, you know, first I'm getting kind of a little anxious, and my and I have a watch that has the heart rate monitor, mm-hmm. and I'm thinking, okay, I'm going to, you know, okay, I only have an hour connection, you know, mm-hmm. and I'm like, and all of a sudden I look, and my heart rate is 106. And normally, folks, it's like very low, like in the 70s or whatever, and it's a little high, and I'm just like, okay, I'm just relaxed. I'm just going to relax. I'm going to take a deep breath, and I'm going to look at my phone. I'm going to look at the, the Sky Mall magazine, which has all these crazy fucked up things, and I'm just going to relax. And I'm people watching, and I'm looking at all the people, and I'm just like, okay, just relax. And then, um, then finally, this older woman gets up, and she's from the uh, airline, which is Delta, and she's like, hello, is this thing on? And she goes, hi, everyone. Uh, we're, uh, you know, we're fixing the mechanical problem, and uh, we'll be uh, getting this moving as soon as possible. And uh, we wanted you to get there safely. And, uh, and so um, I have some treats for you. And I'm like, oh, what are we going to have? What are we gonna have? So I'm way in the back of the plane, and I cannot see what said treats are. But then all of a sudden the woman comes all the way to the end of the, day, and end of the plane, and guess what, David? Guess what the treat was? Can you guess what the treat was, David? Bonbons. No. I wish, but no. She just had a plastic container filled with hard candy that if you were a trick-or-treater, you'd be like, yuck, you got I got yuck. And then the funny thing is that this woman sitting right next to me with her, her son and then her mother is like a row up, um, she goes, that's what's called a treat, hard candy. I don't think so. And uh, so, so you can feel the love right there, okay? And then the guy sitting next to me, who's an older gentleman, who's sitting by the window, oh, and uh, he's doing... Sledge asks, was it was the glass ribbon candy? Glass ribbon candy? Yeah. You're talking about the, you know, the, the kind that no old idea. people like to eat. You know, you've seen that stuff. It looks like a ribbon. No. This oh, was, come on. This was... You know those big old metal tins of candy you used to get for like, you know, or, or used around Christmas time. It'd have like, it was all assorted stuff, Peppermint. and some of it would be the ribbon, the mint, the mint uh, ribbon candy. 
Yeah, probably. But they, no, those were not it. They were like the. Hey, cheap, I'm trying um, to keep you connected with a chat room. I know. I appreciate it, but the answer is no. I'm sorry. Okay, I, all right. I can't lie, David. I never lie in my program. I never ever lie. Okay. Well, Although I also got to tell you too that uh, while you were talking about mechanical troubles, uh, it's all about yeah. Dan put up a picture of um, the airplane from Lost breaking up. Oh. Okay. Thanks, Dan. That's that's lovely. Yeah. Okay. So um, so let me go, let me continue because the next part, David, I want your reaction to this because. Um, so, David, just imagine you're me, you're on the 12th row, you're in 12B seat, seat 12B, and you have this bitchy woman on the, across your aisle, and then on your left, right by the window, there's this older gentleman who is um, doing crosswords with a pen. So that tells me that he, he may be a smart person, okay? And then uh-huh. every so often I hear him go, <clears throat> yeah, <clears throat> yeah, <clears throat> yeah. Okay, mm, yeah. And then I happen to look out the window, and and I look at, you know, I'm looking at him, looking at the window, look, you know, looking outside because we're not doing anything. And then all of a sudden I see him take his finger and stuff it up his nostril, and he's digging for gold. And then he pulls it out, and he sees that he got a gift from the gods, and he starts rubbing it with his two fingers together. So... And, David, what would you think of that? Hmm? What would you think of that? It sucks. <laughs> I love your, uh, your, <laughs> your responses, David. So, um, so this welcome. guy is doing the boat. You're, you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> David, you're killing me tonight. Ladies and gentlemen, killing me. So... Okay, now, David, is anybody in the chat room say anything about the guy doing the burger, flipping, burger, and rubbing? Um, anything? Nothing anything? yet. Nothing no, yet. No, so far it was, um, let's see here. I'll read you some of the, the, the comments that have been said so far. Um, okay. Back when I said that uh, that I was playing the part of It's All About Dan on tonight's show, Dan uh, uh-huh. Dan gave me a, a fuck you, David. And I said it was actually meant as a compliment. I said because yeah. he's always the voice of reason on "It's All About Me," and he says that's an impossible yes, role. But I said, you know, you you're doing it quite well. Uh, so then, yeah. obviously, there was the thing about you know was it the glass ribbon candy and uh, Max was guessing like those little watermelon squares. And Bear Herman says really, yeah, well, I think it was closer go back more to those, bills. huh? Go, what, wait, 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 back up. What Bear about Herman the pills? says, really, Tom, seriously, go back on the pills. Um, oh, rude, Bear Herman. Right. Now, Bear Herman, is, he's, he's always mean to me in my chat room. He's, he's just mean. Okay. And then, I don't see. know why. I don't know what I did here, but he's mean to me. Okay. David, he's mean. Okay, so anyway, so we got the booger flipping crossword puzzle guy with a pin. We got the crazy mean lady. Um, and then finally, after an hour and 15 minutes... They make an announcement. The older lady that handed out the candy goes, I just let you know that um, we definitely are late. And everybody's like, and then the woman goes, but just let you know that when we land in Detroit, as soon as you get off the plane, just go to the gate that's right by where we're going to be and just talk to the people there. And if they have another flight, more than likely probably booked you on another flight and everything's going to be fine. And, uh, you're, you're just going to get on the next flight to wherever you're going. And I'm like, 
and then what happened is um, while I'm waiting for all this to, to finally get going, I text um, Roger and I said, can you please check to see if there's any other flights out of uh, Detroit to Harrisburg? And, of course, my sweet, lovable, marvelous, wonderful Roger, hashtag all Roger. Oh, he, he Roger. Oh, Roger. I love you, Roger. So Roger then, um, Herp and um, uh, 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 he uh, checks for me, and he goes, yeah, there's one flight that's at 12.05 departing, and then there's another flight uh, after that, but you won't get there until, like, 4.50. And this is, like, early in the morning, so I'm like, God, I don't want that one. So... Uh-oh. My timer just went off. Anyway, so, ding, it's done. Anyway, so, um, so, um, so, anyway, so, finally, they say, we're going to leave. We're finally leaving, and everybody has this big sigh of relief. So, David, do a big sigh of relief for the audience. <sighs> okay, so... <laughs> That was my tribute to Kathy Bacon. I'm sorry? That was my tribute to Kathy Bacon. Yay, we love Kathy Bacon. Extra crispy. Okay, anyway, so then finally we got on the airplane, we finally get there, we finally arrive, and then I'm on the back of the plane, so of course I'm, oh, this is, oh, I got to tell you this, David, because David, you're always about doing the right thing, you're always about doing above and beyond for people, you're all about compassion, you're all about being sincere and true with who you are and all this stuff, right? Right, David? I got you fooled. I know. But, um, well, see, that's what you talk about, you know, being, you know, the good person and all this good stuff. So what happens is the lady, the flight attendant, gets on the phone and she says, hey, we're just getting ready to land, but we'd like to ask all the people that are on the plane that if you have a longer layover, what we'd like to do is try to help those people that have a short layover or trying to connect with their original flight. So we would like it if um, the people that have the longer layovers just to stay in your seat and let the other people get off the plane. Now, David, knowing America and knowing the way people are, I'm going to give you an opportunity to answer this question. What do you think all of those people did? Um, they all stayed on the plane. You are incorrect. No, every everybody and their brother got up, and then the funny thing is, the they were moving. You know how they move the plane to the uh, to the gate, and then once they get to the gate, then they open the door, then yeah. they, they'll go ding ding, and then everybody can get up and do their thing, right? Well, go the plane again? goes ding ding. Everybody gets up, and everybody is uh, trying to move and. I'm sorry? How's that sound go again? Bing, bing. <laughs> just want to make sure. I just wonder if, yeah, I'm sure. Bing, bing. Okay, so anyway, so I'm sure whoever's in my next room next to me is going, oh, it's this crazy person. But, uh, and why is he talking to that? But anyway, so the, everybody gets up, and then, of course, the psycho lady that's right next to me goes, oh, Jesus Christ, why don't they open the door? Why don't they open the goddamn door? Morning, hour, half, late. And, and she's just having a conniption. She is having a stroke. And then the other thing is, just before everybody got up, she had asked the flight attendant, you know how at the airport they have, like, those um, golf carts, and then for people who can't walk or, 
you know, are elderly or whatever, they need help getting from their gate to gate. Yes. They have these, like, uh, vehicles. Well, she asked if they could have one, and the flight attendant goes, oh, in that section of the airport, they don't have those there. You're just, um, you're, like, screwed. And she goes, oh. And because she has her mother there and the mother can't walk very fast, and if they're running to get the flight, you know, so they're fucked, basically. So then what happens is we finally get off the plane, and I go to the gate, and there's all these people wanting to get on the flight. And I look up on the board, and there's a, that flight that the dear, sweet, wonderful Marvel Rogers said, hey, you know, the next flight is available. Because my plane that I was supposed to be on is already long gone. It's departed. So I'm like, great. And then these two guys are in front of me, and I thought they were a couple, but but they aren't because they were straight, David. They were straight. They were breeders. How dare and, uh, they? I know. They're ruining America. Exactly. But uh, they were up there, and they were talking to this one woman, and then they weren't getting any answers, so they referred to the other woman. And the other one, I heard the woman say to them, you don't even have designated seats on the next flight. Um, y- your wife's going to be on the plane, but I don't think you're going to make it. And both those guys go, ah. And then this one, this really sweet, nice, older lady is right in front of me. And I'm saying, oh, where are you going? And she goes, Myrtle Beach. And I look up on the board, and there's, there's only one flight going to Myrtle Beach. And it was the one that she was supposed to be on, and it was already long gone. And I looked at her and went, um, uh. And I look at her not. and I said, well, good luck. And she goes, she goes, thank you. I'm trying to see my friends and my family down there. And then she goes up to the other lady, and the other lady goes, um, no. (laughs) I'm like, I'm like, oh, shit. So I'm afraid that I'm going to be the third lucky person to get the oh, shit, no conversation. I walk, then the lady refers her back to the first one that's dealing with the two guys that aren't going to get on the plane. And then I get that woman, I'm thinking, oh, good, she doesn't know what she's doing, and I'm going to get the third no. And I get up, and she scans my ticket, and she goes, Oh, you're going to be on the next flight at 12.05, go 8.55. Um, you're all set. And I'm like, what? And she goes, yeah, you're all set. Just go to the A terminal and bye-bye, goodbye, goodbye. So, so I did. And uh, I got some crappy food at McDonald's, which is horrible. And, and then I got on my aeroplano, and I landed in Harrisburg. And I thought, oh, great, now I'm going to have trouble getting in the car. I got the rental car. And I, I thought I was going to have a plane, trains, and automobile moment, but I didn't. So that was good. And the lady upgraded my car without even asking. And uh, now, oh, of course, I'm forgetting. I know Roger will remember, but I can't remember the name of the car. Oh, Roger. It was, oh, Roger. It was a Lancia. Was that, is that what it is? Um, Mr. BT. Is it a Mr. BT? Uh, is David, do you know cars at all? Somewhat. Okay, so I think it's a launch, something like that. And uh, and the funny thing is, I, I was supposed to get a the compact driver's car. driver's knows the cars. And the lady said that this was a mid-size. And see, car, um, Roger's a fanatic about cars, and he's, he, I don't give a fuck. I don't, all I care about is that it moves, and it gets me where I need to go. Okay, I'm getting a text. Um... Oh, no, it's a Hyundai. I had a Hyundai car. So I get the Hyundai, and it's a Elantra. So I get the car, 
And the funny thing was the lady goes, oh, just just follow the sign. You're going to see Hertz, and then you're going to see Budget, and then it's over there. But she didn't tell me where over there is. So I'm walking out, and I'm like, and then I see a gray car, which she did say it was gray, and I hit the button, and it went beep, beep. So, so when you're on the Where'd plane, go? airplane, it goes, dah, dah. and when you're at the car, it goes, beep, beep. okay, so then I found the car, David. David, are you excited? I found my car. David, are you excited? <clears throat> I'm sorry. Where were we? What was that? Did you have a premature ejaculation? I hope the hell I don't make sounds like that when I when I ejaculate. <laughs> was that your orgasm sound, David? That was me falling no. asleep, you dumb twit. <laughs> well, I couldn't hear you. You were like, blah, blah, blah. okay. Why? Why are you being? I was uh, not like. Blah, 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 blah. I was. <laughs> okay, Roger. Okay, David. I'm gonna tell you something. Uh, Roger just said I like David. So. <laughs> Yes, Roger and I have to meet at some point. Yes, we do. We do. Okay, and you're sending me you're sending me shit on the text message. Yes, okay, I'm trying to send said. you some of the pictures that uh, Dan's been sending. Oh, okay. And there's there's well, one of a, of a Muppet running frantically. He said that was uh, you running to your next flight. Oh. Okay. Yeah, it's an oh, I just show. saw. Okay, I just saw the one where the plane crashes. That was that's encouraging. Um, okay, I'm pulling up the next one. Uh, oh, there we go. That, yeah, that, that's me. That was me. Definitely running like a, but I didn't do an OJ Simpson. I didn't splash anybody. And, um, okay, that's that. Too great. soon. Okay. Too soon. <laughs> How long's that been, David? Okay, anyway, so then I get to the car <laughs> and I pull out Mr. Jeep. What was that? Mag says Roger means that David feels his pain. Hey. Rude. Hashtag rude. Oh, David, you did not tell me who is in the chat room. I know Dan's there. I know uh, Q-Sledge is in there. I know yeah. Crone's in there. And I know Mag's in there. Who else is there? We have Butler. We have It's All About Dan. We have Karani Umbra. We have Mags. We have oh. Q-Sledge. We have RT Cruiser. Of course, we have me. Uh, we have Ant is an Wait, idler. Who's after Bear Herman is an idler. Special Daddy Dave is an idler, and Z Crone is an idler. And Joey CACP is a grade idler. Idler. I don't know what that means exactly. Oh. But Karani Umbers hey, is I'm being very about, mean you, to Tom. That you're being mean to me. He says he says you're being very mean to Ramble, David. Stop it, honey. <laughs> Karani Umbers. You apparently have never listened to the American Idol updates. I'm not giving half a shit to Tom that he is that he usually gives to me on the American Idol updates. No, you need to be sure to join us for that. I am always the sweetest, kindest person in the world. It's all about answers. David and Tom get along just like Siskel and Ebert. I'd say we're more like Statler and and Waldorf. Anyway, so, um, okay. Ho, 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 Hey, this show really sucks. Yeah, no kidding. What else is there? Ho, 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 There we go. <laughs> hey, David. Okay, so anyway, so I get the rental car, and I drove from beautiful Harrisburg to somewhat disgusting 
Lanchester, Pennsylvania. Uh, so I've been here since Sunday, and I've uh, been doing the job, and I made some buys, which is good. But see, I'm trying to make a whole shitload of buys so that I can make my boss all happy and justify the expense of spending all this money to get me out here. So, uh, so far, it's been keeping me busy and crazy, and it's been fun. But I, every day that I've been here, David, I got to tell you, even though normally during the weekend, of course, I don't get to see Roger a lot, but I got to tell you, being out here in an area you don't know shit and you're by yourself, it just makes me go, oh, it's my Roger. So, in fact, today. Oh, I Roger. At, yes, oh, because I was at the store and I saw, you know, David, have you heard of the Life is Good uh, clothing? Have you heard of that? You know what that is? Uh, no. Okay, I'll tell you. See, what it is, there's a store, and it's most of the time in these outlet malls and stuff, and the stuff is called Life is Good. And then what they do is they have whatever it is you like to do, like if you're a runner or a skier or a cook or whatever, and they have, like, these little stick figures, and it has them doing whatever the hell that is, and then it says running is good or cooking is good or life is good, and and then they charge... Uh, 20 to $25 for a shirt that probably costs $2, which is made in some foreign country where they uh, take advantage of these lovely people. And, uh, well, I was at the store, and I saw this and said, life is good. And so I took a picture of it. And see, Roger had sent me a quote earlier uh, that Ernest, I think it was Ernest Hemingway had said. And so then I, what I did is took a picture of it, and I said, life is good. And then I wrote dot, dot, dot. And then I wrote, with you in my life. And then I put dash, 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 Tom, you know, like a quote from me. <laughs> and can you guess what he wrote back, David? Can you guess? Can you guess? Can you guess? Thank you. No, he, he would say what's normally before his name when I, when I tell you to do it, uh, hashtag. So can oh. you guess what that is, David? Can oh, you guess what it is? Roger. Say it, say it really loud. Say it really loud. Oh, Roger. <laughs> Yes, it was. And so we're like mutually sending messages of, I miss you, I love you, I miss you, I love you. So, so isn't that lovely, David? I just, David, I just, God darn cute. I just, I'm Okay, so, um, okay, so David. That sounds kind of violent, that, actually. Loving to pieces? Loving to pieces? That That sounds like domestic violence. Roger, no, love them to pieces. You have a choice. You don't have to stay in a in a relationship where you're being loved to pieces. You have the freedom no, to choose. You can get away from <laughs> violence. Okay? okay, there are resources oh, just, that will help you. Okay? okay, he says no. He just said no. So I don't know what that no means. So Roger, you need to explain what the no means. Oh, I've got another ding. Hold on. Let's see what no means. Uh <laughs> you just wrote, help me, David, help me. <laughs> yes, Aww. get in your car. If if all you can take is the clothing on your back, take it. Get out. Get yes. out now. Get out. He's in the Be house. Like Tina Turner. He's in the house. Be like Tina Turner. What? Just, just take you can do clothing on your back and, and go perform in Vegas until you get signed to a major recording contract. Okay. All right. 
All right, David. Well, David, I know that took a little longer than I probably anticipated. Uh, but, folks, that was my exciting two days. And, uh, and I still have, I'll be here till Saturday. And then I fly home. And then the hashtag All Roger will be picking me up at the Ariel Puerto in my hometown. Yay. Oh, Roger. Oh, my God. Puke. So. Ah, Rude. See, folks, David is being mean to me again. Hey, it's all about Dan Sardi. He he put vomits in the uh, the chat room. He did? He yes, he vomit? did. Yes, he did. Aw, Dan. Why are you saying vomit, dude? Rude. Hashtag rude. Okay. So, David, now I know that before we, we started this lovely adventure together, um, that you said that you had a story that you would like to share with the lovely audience. So why don't you tell us what it is? Okay, it, well, it's, I, I guess it's a story. Um, I found this on, on somebody posted on uh, Facebook, and it's the article is, Read What This Christian Pastor Promises to Do If His Children Are Gay. Um, and the headline is, or the, the subline is, A Christian pastor in North Carolina has been amazed by the reaction to one of his recent blog postings in which he wrote about what his reaction would be if any of his children grew up and told him that they were gay. Um, and the, the minister's name is John Pavlovitz, who, by the way, is cute, uh, is an 18-year local church ministry veteran. He doesn't look like he's been in ministry for that long, let me tell you. He's currently the pastor of a house church community called North Wake House Church and also a volunteer at North Raleigh Community Church. He's married to his wife, Jennifer, and has two young children, Noah and Sela. He's also a keen blogger, and a blog that he posted last week entitled, If I Have Gay Children, Four Promises from a Christian Pastor Parent, has gone viral and prompted thousands of comments. The reason? Because he believes he would treat his LGBTI children with exactly the same love and support as if they were straight and would pray that they weren't the victims of ignorance or hatred. Uh, quoting him, I was prepared for some people to applaud it and for others to condemn it, he said afterwards. That's what happens whenever you put an opinion out there. I was fully prepared for the waves of both support and hostility that accompany any vantage point, especially on a controversial topic like this. What I was not prepared for in any way were the literally hundreds and hundreds of people who have reached out to me personally to thank me for bringing some healing and hope to their families, for giving them a message they rarely get from Christian leaders. Many parents, children, and siblings have confided in me, some for the first time anywhere, telling of the pain and bullying and shunning they've received from their churches, pastors, and church members. They have shared with me their stories of exclusion, isolation, of unanswered prayers, of destructive therapies, of suicide attempts, and of being actively and passively driven from faith by people of faith. This is why I do what I do, to let people who have been damaged or excluded feel seen, known, and loved. And this is the post below. They, they put it at the very end. So uh, everybody just sit back for a minute. Um, and he says... If I have gay children, four promises from a Christian pastor parent. Sometimes I wonder if I'll have gay children. 
I'm not sure if other parents think about this, but I do quite often. Maybe it's because I have many gay people in my family and circle of friends. It's in my genes and in my tribe. Maybe it's because, as a pastor of students, I've seen and heard the horror stories of gay Christian kids, both from both inside and outside of the closet, trying to be part of the church. Maybe it's because, as a Christian, I interact with so many people who find homosexuality to be the most repulsive thing imaginable and who make that abundantly clear at every conceivable opportunity. For whatever reason, it's something that I ponder frequently. As a pastor and a parent, I wanted to make some promises to you and to my two kids right now. Number one. If I have gay children, you'll all know it. My children won't be our family's best kept secret. I won't talk around them in conversations with others. I won't speak in code or vague language. I won't try to pull the wool over anyone's eyes. And I won't try to spare the feelings of those who may be older or easily offended or uncomfortable. Childhood is difficult enough. And most gay kids spend their entire existence being horribly, excruciatingly uncomfortable. I'm not going to put mine through any more unnecessary comfort just to make Thanksgiving dinner a little easier for a third cousin with misplaced anger issues. If my children come out, we'll be out as a family. Number two, if I have gay children, I'll pray for them. I won't pray for them to be made normal. I've lived long enough to know that if my children are gay, that is their normal. I won't pray that God will heal or change or fix them. I will pray for God to protect them from the ignorance and hatred and violence that the world will throw at them simply because of who they are. I'll pray that he shields them from those who will despise them and wish them harm who will curse them to hell and put them through hell without ever knowing them at all. I'll pray that they enjoy life, that they laugh and dream and feel and forgive, and that they love God and humanity. Above all, I'll pray to God that my children won't allow the ungodly treatment they might receive from some of his misguided children to keep them from pursuing him. Number three. If I have gay children, I'll love them. I don't mean some token, distant, tolerant love that stays at a safe arm's length. It will be an extravagant, open-hearted, unapologetic, lavish, embarrassing them in the school cafeteria kind of love. I won't love them despite their sexuality, and I won't love them because of it. I will love them simply because they're sweet and funny and caring and smart and kind and stubborn and flawed and original and beautiful and mine. If my kids are gay, they may doubt a million things about themselves and about this world, but they'll never doubt for a second whether or not their daddy is over the moon crazy about them. Number four. If I have gay children, most likely I have gay children. 
If my kids are going to be gay, well, they pretty much already are. God has already created them and wired them and placed the seed of who they are within them. Psalm 139 says that he stitched them together in their mother's womb. The incredibly intricate stuff that makes them uniquely them, once in history souls, has already been uploaded into their very selves. Because of that, there isn't a coming deadline on their sexuality that their mother and I are working feverishly toward. I don't believe there's some magical expiration date approaching by which time she and I need to know, need to somehow do or say or pray just the right things to get them to turn straight or forever lose them to the other side. They are today simply a younger version of who they will be, and today they're pretty darn great. Many of you may be offended by all of this. I fully realize. I know this may be especially true if you are a religious person one who finds the whole topic disgusting. As you've been reading, you may have been rolling your eyes or clicking the roof of your mouth or drafting familiar scriptures to send me or praying for me to repent or preparing to unfriend me or writing me off as a sinful, evil, hell-bound heretic. But with as much gentleness and understanding as I can muster, I really couldn't care less. This isn't about you. This is a whole lot bigger than you. You're not the one I waited on breathlessly for nine months. You're not the one I wept with joy for when you were born. You're not the one I bathed and fed and rocked to sleep through a hundred intimate midnight snuggle sessions. You're not the one I taught to ride a bike and whose scraped knee I kissed and whose tiny trembling hand I held while getting stitches. You're not the one whose head I love to smell and whose face lights up when I come home at night and whose laughter is like music to my weary soul. You're not the one who gives my days meaning and purpose and who I adore more than I ever thought I could adore anything. And you're not the one who I'll hopefully be with when I take my last precious breaths on this planet gratefully looking back on a lifetime of shared treasures and resting in the knowledge that I loved you well. If you're a parent, I don't know how you'll respond if you find out your children are gay, but I pray you consider it. One day, despite your perceptions of your kids or how you've parented, you may need to respond in real time to a frightened, frantic, hurting child one whose sense of peace and identity and acceptance, whose very heart may be placed in your hands in a way you never imagined, and you'll need to respond. If that day should ever come for me, if my children should ever come out to me, this is the dad I hope I'll be to them. End of article. Dad of the Year. Wow, David, that was an amazing, amazing, amazing article. And I just wondering, David, what, I mean, I know that uh, the one thing I guess that really uh, is amazing to me is the fact that, you know, no, you know that article we read, and I was reading, as you were reading the article, I was reading some of the comments, 
And, of course, there's some of the religious nuts saying, yes, he's full of crap and he's full of blah, blah, blah. But then there's a bunch of people that in the chat room or the, the comment that is gay, and they said, God, I wish I had someone who was as supportive as you are, you know, like in my family. In fact, um, just to let you know, I was talking to uh, a friend of mine on Facebook, and um, and he and I are both kind of in the same situation where we're we're you were in dating in a, a new relationship and it's going really well. And he had mentioned to me that um, his um, boyfriend uh, is he's in his thirties and he is not out to his family because of the fact that his family is very very religious. And so. Um, and so, you know, and I was texting my friend, I said, well, you know, it's, it's the whole part of coming out isn't really about the family. It's really about yourself. And the bottom line is that you have to be okay. I, I, for me personally, I feel that you should come out simply for the fact that you're doing it for your own self. Now, of course, you know, there's people who can't do it because of family, they can't do it because of work, they can't do it because of whatever the reason. But I just think if anything, I just think you need to own it yourself and be proud of who you are. Um, and not to feel ashamed. And, you know, and that's, in a way, that's part of why so many people, especially in our GLBT community, that are having struggles or having issues with alcohol and drugs and food and, um, and so many other things that, you know, cause them harm down the line uh, because they, they simply cannot deal with who they are. So, so what, what, did, what did you think about the article? I mean, obviously, you, you must have had a feeling about it because obviously you read it and you wanted to share it and, and all that. So what would you like to say? I loved hearing it. Um, just uh, there were so many, so many layers to this. Uh, I mean, mm-hmm. first of all, um, I'm extrapolating a little bit because he says he's part of a house church which I don't know exactly what that means, uh, whether it's a small church or it's a purpose. There's, there's a, a movement called the Small Churches Movement where they purposefully keep their congregations under 100 members. Um, it's just they, they have a biblical, they see a, a biblical mandate to keep churches small as opposed to the mega churches mm-hmm. that we often see. So I don't know if he's part of that or not because Typically, along with that thinking comes a lot of very conservative thinking as well, especially on social issues. So I don't think that's what's going on here. But the fact that here you have a man who's basically, you know, he's saying in a way they're born that way. You know, and the when he mentions Psalms 139, that was one of the turning point passages for me. That was actually the first time I ever read that was, um, I don't remember the name of the author right now, uh, but there was a, a book that I read. Um, I think it was, is it a choice? I think it's the, it was the book. I mean, anyway, he mentions that verse in there uh, about um, God, you know, knitting a person in, in their mother's womb at, from a very early age. And that's that's really what, first of all, helped me helped me realize that what what I was feeling and what was happening to me at, you know, what had been happening to me for as long as I could remember was something natural. You know, this wasn't something that I caught off somebody. This wasn't something that I was brainwashed into or, you know, whatever. Um, it, it also convinced me that God was not mad at me for being gay. 
And, you know, it, it went a long way toward self-acceptance and it went a long way toward getting me away from this idea that I needed to pray and to try to heal myself from this thing and, you know, try to, I, thankfully I never went into reparative therapy. I will say that much, but, um, I, um, that, that verse, you know, really stood out for me again, that the idea that, you know, that, like you said, if my kids are, are gay, they already are gay. And that's such a refreshing thing to hear from a minister. Um, because, I mean, there are branches of Christianity that are beginning to accept that idea, but you don't see it much, you know, outside of like New Thought or uh, some of the more liberal um, leaning branches of, of some of the mainstream churches. So overall, it was just, it was amazing. You know, and hearing that father say, whatever happens, I'd still love him no matter what. Um I think the same question actually had been asked many years ago of Billy Graham. Uh, they asked, you know, what what would happen if his son Franklin, or they didn't really say his, say his name, but I think Franklin was the one they were referring to, what if he turned out to be gay? And he said the same thing. He said, I would love him no matter what. You know, so it's just, it, it, it's people like that that I... I I, I I live for the day that there's more people like that, um, and I think that that when when especially from the clergy you start hearing those kinds of attitudes, that's when there's going to be some major healing. And just as the clergy uh, and the, you know certain sects of the religious uh, community were responsible for ending things like slavery, like. Um, racial divides, you know, the, the, the uh, Jim Crow laws and things like that, they're obviously going to be majorly, I think, influential in making sure that the rights that we're gaining right now remain permanent. Obviously, you know, some have been responsible for trying to codify those, you know, anti-marriage, anti-equal rights, anti-job, you know, um, all that stuff into law, and it happened, you know, way back. I think they're, that they're also going to be responsible for making sure that we're treated equally. Eventually, so I love it. Yep. Yeah. Well, I, I just want to add something real quick because uh, we're gonna we're gonna have to end pretty soon. Yeah. Um, but I just want to tell you that, see, personally, and I've talked about this many times on my show. Um, about what happened with me and like with my folks. And one of the things that really, truly changed my whole life as far as with my parents was the fact that, you know, I did come out to them. Um, and the thing is that my mom, which I, you know, I'll never forget that she's like, well, that's not what I wanted for you. Um, and then when I did come out, she had two other children that are straight. And at one time she says, well, you know, I wanted you to be a dad. I wanted you to bring, give me grandchildren. And, and I remember this conversation and I was like, well, mom, you know, at the time, you know, at the time they didn't have anything about gay adoption. They didn't have anything about that. And I said, well, mom, you know, you've got two older children, you know, yell at them. Don't yell at your gay son about having kids. And then she had all these other comments and it was really kind of difficult. And then what happened was one day that I'll never, ever forget. 
is that there's this woman named Mary Lou Walner who was in this documentary called For the Bible Tells Me So, and I interviewed with her. And for any new listeners who had not listened to that interview, I'd recommend you go back and listen to it. And I also recommend that you watch that documentary. And if you, by chance, have a family member that are very religious and they're not accepting you for you being who you are, then I would strongly recommend you have them watch it because that's exactly what happened was Marilyn Wander was in town and she was touring with the documentary and then she was talking about it before and after. And I actually was shocked that my mom and my sister went to go see this and they met the woman. And then my mom went up and told her that she was um, my mother and she she goes, oh, you must be so proud of Tom and what he's doing with his podcast and how he's trying to help people and how he's sharing stories like mine and, and trying to help people. And then she, my mom says, yes. And then the very next night she calls me and she says, Tom, I just want you to know I'm so sorry for what I ever said and whatever I did. And this is yours, folks. But right now, as I'm telling the story, it gets me kind of choked up. So the, the, the bottom line is that I hope that you know, things can improve if you are in that situation um, because it did for me and it really helped uh, create a wonderful bond with my folks. And because a lot of people, when I talk about that and the, some of the things my mom said to me, that they said, oh, you should just cut her out of your life. You should just not deal with her. You should just let it go. And I didn't. And I continued and, and things are so great with them that I'm so glad that they didn't go that route. So it's just very important that you need to be true with yourself, but also need to be strong about who you are as a person and to be proud of who you are. So, all right, well, we got one minute, David, so yes. we're going to end up with the, but David, I want to tell you again, you know, I do love you, buddy. And no matter what I say, no matter what you do, you know, I still love you, David. You're the man, David. Yeah. Go to hell, Mike. Rude. Okay. So <laughs> anyway, so David, we're gonna have to say goodbye. But David, before we do, shamelessly plug your show real quick. That blue jeans guy at thatbluejeansguy.com. Yay! Okay, folks, and you can check out my show. You already know what it is. You're listening to me live. You're probably listening to this later. But it's RambleRedhead.com. Add me as a friend on Facebook and Twitter under Ramble Ramble Redhead. Call my phone number five seven four eight zero seven nine one seven one. And you can always email me, ramblerandhead at gmail.com. So, David, say goodbye to everybody. Goodbye.